never underestimate the power of a deep breath. Hey everyone, it's your host of the Vital Discussions podcast, Derek Wolf. That was just a quick sneak peek of today's guest, Ellen Dom. Um, I think you'll really enjoy this episode. It was a continuation from our first episode about wellness and medicine, and I hope you get a lot out of it. Before we begin, don't forget to uh, rate, subscribe, follow on Apple and Spotify. And if you're up for it, leave a comment as well. Now on to the episode with Ellen Dom. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to be recording today with a very special person in my life, Ellen Dom. So Ellen, or also known as my aunt, Ellen, <laughs> the podcast. Thanks for having me here, Derek. Actually, I kind of invited myself to be here. Thanks for taking me up on my, my volunteering. You did do that, but I was really excited when you offered because that's right up the alley of, of what we're going to be talking about. Or what I want yeah, to. I'd like to think I have something to offer the topic. Um, I'm a former psychologist. I was in clinical practice for 30 years, um, working toward reinstatement. I'm feeling the call to go back to work. Um, I've also taught at the university level for 21 years total and have some familiarity with being a student and dealing with students and their stress. Yeah, so like I was telling you before we started recording, um, this podcast is geared toward medical students, physicians, anyone who works in healthcare. Have you worked with healthcare providers before? Um, Yeah, both directly and indirectly um, as part of my professional work and consultation with other healthcare professionals. I certainly have a a circle of healthcare professionals that I interact with regularly. And I've had clients as healthcare professionals that um, have sought therapy with me. So what do you remember as far as what are some you know common themes that people who work in healthcare kind of talk about? Um, well, the umbrella term would be stress. Um, that... There's, I think, when you're training, when in, when you begin practicing, um, there's a lot of pressure to be good at what you're doing, to know everything about everything, um, to not make mistakes. And I think there's a lot of internal pressure that people feel when they're given responsibility for other people's well-being. I mean, that definitely spoke to, to me a lot right there. And we've had conversations about, about this kind of stuff. Um, so if, if I was coming to you, you know, not just as a, you know, if I was a patient of yours, you know, or, or even just as a friend, what is, and I come to you and I say, you know, I'm super stressed out. I'm really mm-hmm. feeling the pressure of, like you said, having to know everything. What are some, what are some strategies or things that, that I should be thinking about? Well, my work um, up until now has been primarily cognitive. And so I believe very strongly that the way that we talk to ourselves, the language that we use has an effect on our internal climate. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and one, one of the things that I, I, I love teaching the stress chapter in Psych 101, yeah. because I think there's some really good life skills there to to learn. And one of the things that I remember 
as being very valuable is stress lies in the eye of the beholder. In other words, things are only as stressful as you make them out to be. It's not the situation itself that is stressful, but rather it's how you talk to yourself about the situation that makes it stressful. And so the practice of um, mindfulness, which is mm-hmm. a big buzzword in yes. the field, mm-hmm. and paying attention to what is going on in your head as it's happening and um, being an objective observer of your thoughts and asking yourself how they are helping or harming this process of, of being a doctor. How, how is that working for you or against you? think that's really important it sounds like you know hard to do though so is there any way you know how do you build up that practice of doing that it's not something that necessarily would come naturally to me Um, it's ongoing right it's and that's why we call it a practice right it's an ongoing process of learning of being open um learning from your mistakes forgiving yourself for your mistakes and um really just getting used to the idea of um of the of, of this process of awareness just stopping yourself at various times and asking what am i doing what am i thinking and is this helpful mm-hmm. and i'm certainly not a perfect model of the behavior although i'm a lot better at it now than i used to be and um, I mean, I think one of the reasons why I went into the field that I, I did is to deal with my own sense of anxiety and, and self-imposed pressure. And, and it's, um, it, it is an ongoing struggle for people who are perfectionistic and um, maybe a little OCD. Mm-hmm. So uh, be gentle with yourself and just one day at a time and keep learning. So besides checking, you know, checking in with your thoughts, or I guess what would be, you know, a good way to, to do that? Is it take a deep breath for five seconds? And I, then I was it, just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Uh, never underestimate the power of a deep breath. Um, mm-hmm. If you find yourself breathing shallowly or your thoughts spinning around and racing and and whatever other physical symptoms that adrenaline how how it manifests in your body you, you need to slow things down and taking a deep breath is certainly the first step toward making that happen mm-hmm. yeah are there any other types of exercises that are that are good like writing or um I'm a I, I'm a big fan of journal writing, um, and will probably be moving toward more of that in my in my practice in the future as it goes online and and more technology based. I think getting your thoughts out on paper it, or a virtual piece right. of paper is uh, can be a really useful exercise. And I've actually developed a, a set of exercises for journal writing that. I, I think are useful. Um, I'm not real big on just spewing all your negativity out. I, I think that there's your journal 
can be more than just a receptacle for all of that. Um, I, I like the idea of going back to your spewing and then asking yourself what was what else was going on here. Um, you're getting deeper into the process of where those thoughts come from and um, what can I learn from what can I learn from all of this stuff that's coming out of me? So using the journal as a dynamic document where you, it, you're always learning from it and responding to it. Um, the way I keep a journal now, I keep a gratitude journal now. Okay, so it's kind of a very directed. Uh, yeah, that's the gratitude journal is a different exercise and one that I find to be very therapeutic to, and there's no rules here. I mean, you do it every day, once a week, once a month. It, it, that's not, there's no right or wrongs, but it's about turning your attention periodically to what is good, what is right, what do you appreciate about your life, and spending some time, spending some time meditating on the positive. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it it changes your internal climate to to one of um more peacefulness or satisfaction i think that's that's a very good uh stress reliever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one of the things that we've talked about in the past is this idea of of writing down like values and goals i wonder if you have any thoughts on that um yeah um so my my practice shifted i was trained in um cognitive behavioral therapy and that was really my go-to method of, of managing people and their problems for many years. And then I was introduced to acceptance and commitment therapy. Not a lot of people know about what that is. So. No. And it's, it's, I think, really the evolution of, of CBT. So CBT teaches you to identify a problematic thought, um, evaluate it as as being irrational, you know, find the irrational core of that thought and then change it to something that is rational or positive. And in doing so, then you will change the feeling that goes along with it. And this works in, in many, many cases. But in some instances, it, it, isn't, it isn't possible or it isn't appropriate to change the thought if right. you experience a deep loss, then what what are you how are you supposed to I mean, yeah, you yeah. need to feel that feeling, and that's where the concept of acceptance comes in, where acceptance is another process, an ongoing process of opening yourself to the all the feelings that you feel about a situation and being okay with the fact that your thoughts come and go you you don't necessarily need to respond to them acceptance of your mental process commitment to valued action and then taking action values and goals i think are are important to outline as part of a life Mm -hmm. plan Um, and they're different your goals are going to be set in accordance with that value Right. Right. So education is the value then furthering your education through academic activities like going to school 
Mm. Those are goals. A goal is something you can check off a list when it's completed. Value is something that's never done. It's not something that's, it's more something I care about. And then my goals are something that I can do to drive that value. It's a direction. So what we want to see in, in the, the, um, well-functioning person is congruence between their goals and their values. Because if if an alien came to earth and witnessed your behavior, what would they say? What would they think about what you value? Is your behavior in keeping with what's important to you? So if say family is a value that's important to you, Mm -hmm. and yet you never visit anybody, you never call anybody, you are completely uninvolved, then your behavior is not congruent with what you claim to be a value. And just so everyone knows, I do call my aunt. You do. do. (laughs) You do. But but I I think it's really important um, because what I'm thinking about right now is how, you know, when we're in our rotations, you know, not every day is going to be a great day, but, Mm -hmm. but I do value education. And so that kind of keeps me keeps me driven right hey everyone just want to pop in real quick to say that after we wrapped up the podcast shortly after what you just heard we ended up talking a little bit more about perfectionism so i want to share that with you now so i was taught years ago perfectionism is is a bad thing you know you don't perfection is it's impossible to be perfect so we got to eliminate the need to be perfect from everybody. And yet there are, I think, wanting to be perfect is a pretty common characteristic among high achieving people. And as I, as I've come to learn, there's, there's different types of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. There's, we can, we can say that there's healthy perfectionism and there's unhealthy perfectionism. Okay. Okay. Unhealthy perfectionism is when your entire self-concept rests on whether or not you make a mistake or do something poorly. Mm -hmm. So when you judge yourself as a failure or inadequate because of an imperfect act, that's a problem. That's something that you, you can unpack and observe that and really ask yourself if that's helpful. Healthy perfectionism is born out of the desire to master something mm-hmm. okay, and can be quite motivating. So people with a healthier sense of perfectionism drive themselves to get better and better at what they do. And um, rather than, rather than, fall prey to being Mm self-critical if they don't measure up to perfect standards, they instead learn from their mistakes and, and figure out how to do better the next time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like it could be a fine line though. And that's where listening to that inner critic, listening to the, for the voice, to the voice, what is it saying to you? Um, how are you responding to it? Yeah, that, 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 comes that comes in. This was a really great talk, and I think it would be really beneficial to people in the healthcare field about thinking about how they can 
you know, be the best healthcare provider they can be. So I want to thank you. You're so welcome. And that's the episode with my Aunt Ellen. I hope you got a lot out of it. I know I did when I spoke with her. Thanks again to Sean Kalo for the beautiful music. Um, And again, please rate, follow, subscribe on Apple and Spotify. And I hope you have a great rest of your week.